We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, what is going on, everybody? How you doing? Welcome to Talking Buffalo Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I am your host, Patrick Moran. Thank you very much for locking in. Casual Friday, even though we are taping this really, really late on a Thursday night. As always, for these Friday episodes, I am joined by Maintenance Day podcast host, noted hockey author, my good buddy, Joe Yernan, which, by the way, this is kind of a Sort of a milestone casual Friday for us. More on that in a little bit. What's going on, man? How you doing? I'm I'm good. You might hear it in my voice tonight that it's uh, yeah that, that it, it's, it might be a little bit more raspy, a little bit you know a little bit more uh, <laughs> a little bit more radio friendly, I guess. But yeah, two two and a, over two and a half hours of streaming during the draft, uh, talking Sabers picks. So uh, yeah, I I I know I told you I needed like ten minutes to take a break. I took like twenty five. <laughs> so you you being up super late is also my fault. So I I apologize for that. No no no. I needed so I needed a I needed a couple minutes. <laughs> for everybody right now who is either whether you're watching this on YouTube or or listening on Spotify or Apple or whatever, thank you very much. Typically for Casual Friday, Joe and I hook up somewhere around lunch time on Thursday because mm-hmm. it's not usually like content sensitive material that needs to be done however this is an exception yeah the first round of the nhl draft was tonight and we're going to spend a lot of time talking sabers so it didn't make any sense to record a podcast before the draft came out because it literally would be outdated so mm-hmm. we decided to take this late and to joe's point um yeah joe first of all you hopped on um the live stream with uh anthony and chad over at expected buffalo yep. Mm-hmm. Saw you on there for a little bit, and then Joe did his own Twitch for over two hours. So yeah, yeah. voice is a little shot, but you sound good to me, man. And uh, we'll, we'll we'll see how good it sounds tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's gonna be the real question because if people call me to do interviews or stuff tomorrow, I'm just gonna be like, yeah, what's up? Yeah, you'll be like, dude, you just, you just start smoking. I'm like, no, I started talking. <laughs> this is going to be a very obviously Sabers heavy um, episode of Talk Buffalo podcast. We will later on have our starting five draft. And when I kind of alluded to a milestone episode, that's because this is the 50th poll that uh, Joe and I are going to do our 50th 50. draft. I should say 50 starting Jeez. five drafts, literally almost a full year now. It's been a lot yeah. of fun, even though I've been on the losing end of a lot more than I've won. It's still, uh, it's been fun. But b- before we get to that, let's, uh, in fact, before we get to the draft, there was actual news to come out involving the Sabres earlier on Thursday. And that mm-hmm. was goaltender. Or actually, let's go back to this first, Joe. 
if you remember during the off season, it might have been winter, early spring, or, or, or spring sometime. Remember what Kevin Adams said, and, and I'm quoting directly here: "We want players who want to be here." You remember yeah. hearing that? Oh, uh, yeah, I was like, kind it of, we never stops. Well, so I remember hearing it. I hear it every day uh, from him. Well, apparently Matt Murray ain't one of them. Yeah, <laughs> he ain't one of the dudes <laughs> that want to be around here. There were reports all over the place, which, by the way was later confirmed um, post-draft tonight by Kevin Adams that this deal was close to getting done. Mm-hmm. He's on the Sabres then anyway, but right. um, reports all over the place that uh, the Sabres were working on a deal to land Matt Murray, the goaltender from Ottawa. Mm-hmm. And uh, Elliot Friedman reported um, that the Sabres were on the no-trade list. Like, um, Matt Murray had 10 teams. They were on his no-trade list. The Sabres were one of those teams. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, Matt Murray stuck to it. He did not want to come to Buffalo. And no. I think what might have gotten fans, you know, typically would be like, all right, well, you know, screw this guy. That's like the typical Saber fan reaction. But then Darren Drager reported that the deal was going to be, besides Otto even retaining some salary, was they were going to swap. The, the Sabres were going to move up from 16 to 7. So had this trade gone down, had Matt Murray wanted to come here, and waived that no trade, the Sabres would have ended up having the seventh and the ninth pick in uh, mm-hmm. in the draft. What are your thoughts on that? And also, I mean, maybe after we get to some draft stuff, we might talk a little bit more about the goaltending position. Mm-hmm. But uh, Matt Murray was clearly a target of Kevin Adams, and it looks like that's going to be the kind of the player with the cap. You know, mm-hmm. I think his cap it was what like six point two five million. I, yeah, I think I read over the next two years. Juicy. Yeah, that is pretty juicy. <laughs> But what were your thoughts on that? And how lot of went down, and are you mm-hmm. at all surprised that he didn't want to come here? Because I don't know, man. You come here, you're the number one goalie, man, right? You get a get, you get a chance to kind of rejumpstart your career. I yeah, you it's. I mean, I mean, listen, you guys get NTCs and MCs for reasons, and you know, you have that right. You can turn it down. So, I mean, mm-hmm. listen, you know, players get them. That's fine. I'm not. I I can't hold it against them. Fans can do that. I'm sure, fans will. Uh, yeah, depending. Um. But uh, him turning down Buffalo, like, I get it. Um, you know, because, I mean, the, the situation in Buffalo isn't perfect yet. Um, you know, there would be pressure for him to, you know, bring this team to the playoffs this year or next because I think he's got two years left on the deal. Mm-hmm. Um, he, the, uh, my snap reaction was like, I don't know, that's not the guy I'd be chasing after. But, that, you know, talking to some other people and, and looking at his numbers again, his last season, he got he got sent down to the AHL last year. Like, he had a rough time. You know, he's had injury issues in the you know in the pre recent past, um, and he got sent down to he got sent down to Belleville for a bit to kind of get it you know work on his game, get it figured out. Which I mean, for a guy who's won two Stanley Cups, Pittsburgh, yeah. that's that's pretty tough. Like, that's it's a lot. That's a it's a hard pill to swallow. Two but, times um, in the top ten and save percentage too. I was looking yeah. at stats. Man. And he uh, but like when he came back. You know, and people were just kind of like, oh, crap, we got to play him again. Like, he stunk before. Why we got to play him again? Played pretty well. You know, he was, you know, for you know, for, for some of the other guys that have been mentioned for, for you know, guys that Buffalo might r- take a run after, Murray and the Murray, when he came back from, from the AHL, was pretty solid, all, you know, all things considered. But um, I, I get not being excited about it. The fact that Ottawa was taking 25%, they were going to take, they were going to take 25% of that was kind of necessary. You know, two years left on the contract, six and a half, you know, six and change cap hit, but the contract's backloaded. So he was owed way more money 
this year and next year on that deal. So, um, you know, for, for Ottawa's case, I get why they want to trade them. You know, they don't want to, you know, they don't want to pay out all that money. Well, I mean, Eugene Melnick isn't, isn't with us anymore. So like that, you know, that aspect of things is kind of still a little bit, I mean, I'm sure that's still the operation there. They don't want to spend a ton of money, but, um, but the fact that, you know, Buffalo was going to now, granted, they, you know, them getting the number seven pick out of this was that's that's why you do that. That's why you're like, yeah. okay, we can pay him seven million this season and you know whatever it is the following year after and salary. Yeah, you do that if they're gonna if you're if they're gonna swap your sixteen for you're gonna swap sixteen for seven. Yeah, okay, fine. That's worth paying that cost, and you get a goalie that is probably gonna be your starter. Is probably gonna be your number one. That's gonna be counted on to carry the load, like cool like because if you're going to take him on you need that sweetener like you need it you need something to make that worthwhile doing just taking 25 percent off of it that's not enough like that's right. not anywhere near enough so swapping first round picks like that made a ton of sense um murray probably save sends gm pierre dorian from himself though because um they were able to take that seven pick after murray turned it down they were able to take that seven pick and trade it with 39 to chicago for alex to which in Ottawa's yeah. eyes, that's a much better deal. Like that's, you know, they go from, they go from like giving up a, giving up their top, you know, their, their top pick and, you know, a goalie, like getting rid of a goalie that like, you know, they're probably ready to move on from, or, you know, they, they just want to get, get rid of the contract, whatever the deal is. Yeah. Cap to, relief to a great player. Yeah. Uh, right. To getting a, a two time 40 goal score. He scored 40 goals plus the last two years. And, you know, Ottawa's position is weird because uh, their GM last year, um, beginning of the season, basically said, "Yeah, the rebuild's over. We're done rebuilding. Like we've got we've got all our young guys now. We're ready to move on." And you know, as we saw, Ottawa well, Ottawa was picking ahead of the Sabers this year, so it didn't really go that well for them. But um, but now they've added a super offensive talent, which they've got some really good young players there. You know, um, Brady Kachuk's great. Uh, Tim Stutzla is really coming into his own. He's a very good player. Um, you know, Thomas Shabbat's a really nice defenseman, but you know, they're kind of lacking in the goaltending department a little bit, you know, some of it's un untested unknown and, you know, they're not terribly deep either, but like they've got some nice players. Drake Batherson's a really nice player. Uh, so getting to brink, it makes them a little deeper, gives them a lot more scoring talent and it makes more sense. But like, you know, in Buffalo's case, would have been really interested to see who they were sniffing around for at seven. Like that's, I'm really curious to know who they think would have been the guy that they could get there. Because in my mind, maybe they were thinking that one of the defensemen was going to fall to him, whether it was going to be Nemich or Juracek. Maybe they were thinking like, oh, if we get, if we get that seven pick, maybe we can get one of those guys if they fall down the board. Uh, now, obviously neither of them fell down the board that far. So, you know, if that was the plan, then, you know, say la vie, but like you were still going to be able to get somebody really good at seven. Uh, and then you have the number nine pick on top of it. So I know. And then, you know, who knows? Maybe you use those two picks to move up the board again. You know, maybe that's, you know, you trade seven and nine to get up to three or something, like something goofy like that, where you're thinking like, okay, maybe, maybe this is what we can do. Maybe trade it for four. You know, who knows? Who knows? But, um, <laughs> but it's, I mean, it's a bummer for Buffalo, obviously, because that, I mean, that's a steal of a deal with Ottawa. Like you get seven, you get your goalie that, you know, you don't have to worry about it anymore. You're getting a, you're getting a money break on, on the goalie. 
That's perfect. That's that. That's the that's the that's a great deal for Adams to try to go for to try to pull off. Now it's not his fault it didn't get pulled off. That's just you know that's player's choice. That's fine. But and he um, acknowledged that Adams. I mean, yeah. I didn't. I heard. I listened there's no to there's him. no sour grapes with that. Like that's right. just, that's just business. Is this a reality check though for fans, Joe? When you looked at Matt Murray, so he nixes a mm-hmm. deal. He vetoes a deal that would have you know brought him to Buffalo. He goes into the season. I can't imagine he doesn't go into the season as the number one goalie. And uh, the Sabres get, again, a, a, another top 10 pick. If you're a fan of the Sabres and you, you've you been surrounded by a lot of um, optimism mm-hmm. over the past several months because of the way the team has looked at times in this young core, and there's lots of reasons to be optimistic. And you're like, okay, this team is going somewhere. And they very well may be. Matt Murray's just one player who might be an overrated player at 28 years old or whatever. Mm-hmm. Who do want to come here? But my point is, all right, so you get a goalie who's in a situation where, like, maybe he wants to get an opportunity to be that guy and really kind of, you know, jumpstart his career. And he could come to this team, and, and he certainly would have that opportunity. That's for sure. But he nixes it. Do you feel like that's kind of a reality check for fans where it's like, you know what? We're not there yet where people do want to still come here. No, no, I don't. I don't think that's the case. Obviously, that's got to be Adams's line. Like we want guys who want to be here, but I'm, oh, mm-hmm. I'm so sick of hearing that. I'm just, I'm so over hearing that line. Like that's that's very too. company line. Yeah, I know he did. It's just it's <laughs> it's the company line. It's the modus operandi. I get it. Like I'm fine. You know, you can make that the deal if you want to. But like, listen, this is a you know, it's a, it's a goalie who's won two cups, who's a veteran, who's got you know, he's got a contract that he signed with Ottawa. Like it says, you know, it's his call. Like he doesn't, if he don't want to go to Buffalo, he don't have to, he didn't have to go. Like maybe his experiences in Buffalo in the past weren't great. Maybe, you know, maybe he's been here in the past. He didn't like Buffalo. Maybe, you know, Mike Bales is his former goalie coach from Pittsburgh is, is the assistant coach slash goalie coach here in Buffalo. Maybe he didn't have a great relationship with Bales. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, those are, you know, those are all things that could be part in that decision-making, but you know, uh, to say it's a knock against Buffalo, I don't think so. I, I really don't think that's the case at all. I, I I think that's just, you know, that's just the the player's own individual feelings about it. You know, I, yeah, it would be, yeah, sure. It would be a, a, a good challenge for him, but I mean, he's, he's still trying to get his career kind of back and figured out and back in order, going to a new situation with a new team where, you know, you know, the aspirations obviously are to be, to be a better team and to get to the playoffs it's the same situation as Ottawa. So it's, you know, it's, it's the devil, you know, versus the devil, you don't know. And, you know, there's that. Now I know one of the stories is like, you know, cause obviously everything surrounds the, the Maple Leafs, no matter what, you know, the Maple Leafs need a goalie. I mean, they, they just traded Peter Mrazek to Chicago. Like they're, they're looking for a goalie too. And, you know, if they don't resign Campbell, then they're definitely looking for a goalie. But like, if they wanted to trade for Matt Murray, apparently Murray would go to Toronto. So like, you know, but that's different. It's a different situation. Toronto is a team that can win the cup next year. You know, like that's like that's their aim, but um, but to go to another team that's in the same spot as Ottawa, I understand it. Like, yeah, I, I get it. Like, I, I can get it, but it's it's not a, it's not a shot at Buffalo fans. If they want to take it as a shot at Buffalo, go ahead, feel free. Like, that's fine. But um, but they are, but they're gonna get a goalie. I Sabers are gonna get a goalie, and you know whether it's somebody you know that wants to be here or they just don't have the trade protection to keep them away from here. Uh, that's you know. That, that's fine, but uh, to to get hung up on Murray turning you know turning down the deal like that's fine. I, if, it, it's that I don't know that you, you 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 get you earn that right to get it in your contract. You can you can use the hammer whatever you want. 
I always constantly compare the Sabres losing now to the Bills losing. I mean, the NFL is quite obviously, you know, very mm-hmm. different. You don't get to submit a, a list of 10 teams that you don't have to go to in the NFL to get traded to. But I right. guarantee you the Bills were probably on a lot of those 10 lists for 17 years. Yeah. A little bit telling that, you know, the guy gets to eliminate a third of the league and Buffalo is uh, is on there. Now, you mentioned the goalie. I'm glad you did, too. And then we're going to get to tonight's draft. I want you to break some of that down, but I'm thinking as this is going down with Matt Murray, I'm like, and then it falls apart. You're, if you're UPL right now, and we talked about this a lot last week. In fact, I put mm-hmm. a clip of this up on YouTube, but a lot of people had uh, a lot to say about that. Mostly people agree with you and Lance, because that is very likely what's going to happen. They are going to get another goalie. Whereas mm-hmm. my stance is, yeah, maybe they do for cap reasons, whatever, but I still feel like at the end of the day, UPL and Anderson are going to be the two that start the season in Buffalo. Today tells me, nah, that's probably not going to happen. Now, mm-hmm. if you're UPL, even if this fails, you know he wants another goalie. Now you know it. Now it's not no more guessing. Last week we were speculating. Now we know the Sabres are definitely in the market for another goalie right now. How do you handle it if you're UPL? Because if you're UPL right now, you, you got to, you kind of got to know that unless everything fails mm-hmm. the odds are when the season begins on october 13th in buffalo against the ottawa senators that you probably ain't going to be wearing a sabers uniform that night what are you thinking if you're upl right now it's my motivation if i if i'm looking at it, that's my motivation you know like hey then you know they i and like this is going into the assumption that adams has already had this conversation with him like hey this is what we're this is what we're thinking for next year this is mm-hmm. what you know this is what we've got laid out Nothing happens by surprise. Like, I mean, if you do something by surprise like that, uh, you're probably not going to be a GM too much longer. You know, just you know, not letting your guys know where they stand and where you know where things sit. Right. Like, that's that's just that. You know, that's just. I mean, that, that's you know, that's like Tim Murray, Dan Bilesma days kind of stuff. You know, where you're just kind of like, uh, yeah, well, you know, they know they'll they'll figure it out. Like, no, maybe, what if they just learned it right now? <laughs> you know, like, you know, what if they learned it by watching this press conference? Like what you think of them? Like that's, that's stuff you can't be doing. But um, I have no doubt Luke knows what the deal is. And like, I, honestly, like his season ended with an in, you know, with an injury, not his fault. You know, he got trucked by a guy from Utica. Um, and, you know, his, his HL numbers weren't great. So I, he knows that there's a lot for him to prove. Uh, you know, his NHL numbers were good when he came up, no doubt. Um, but that's not enough of a sample size to be like, okay, he's one of our two goalies in Buffalo next year. Like, you just, you can't, you can't risk a lot of what you're doing by doing that. Like, even, like, even the Bruins, like Jeremy, look at the Bruins situation. Jeremy Swayman was lights out two years ago at the end of the season. You're like, well, this kid might be really good. Uh, but like, he played nine games and the Bruins were like, well, he's really good. Rask is, you know, probably going to retire. Uh, we need a goalie still. And they went inside Allmark because you're like, I don't know. Swayman's nine games are great, but like, is he the guy? I don't know if he's a guy or not. And then this year plays out the way it did. And you're like, oh, okay, Swayman's the guy. Like, he's almost certainly going to be the guy. Like he had a great rookie season. Um, so like you, you feel comfortable with that. It's not the same situation here. You know, uh, you know, Lucan, you know, we've talked about it so much about Lucan's, you know, how his developments got kind of futzed around and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the injuries and all that stuff like that. All that plays a role in him not getting the development time that he's needed. So, I, you know, listen, I'm Kevin Adams. I can't rely on him to be the guy. You know, I can't say 
you know, put him penciled in as one of the two guys in Buffalo. I just can't do that. It's not, that's not how I, that's not how like this whole thing that they're doing is, is supposed to play out. Like they got to know what he is and, and they kind of have a pretty good idea now, but I want to see him totally healthy. I want to see him take the AHL by the, you know, by the ears and really dominate it and really just own up to what they're doing. Now, granted, they got to help him out a little bit. Need better defense. Need you know need better stuff there in Roch to you know to help out the goalie. But at the same point, you know you can't really rock a, an under nine hundred save percentage and be like, no, I belong in the NHL. Right you know, at the AHL level, you you can't make those claims. I coach Seth Appert loves him. Thinks he you know he he goes to bat for him all the time. I think he really likes him. So, but like the thing is, is that you just don't know for sure. And taking a risk like that. That's you can't do that when you're in the you know when you're building what you're building in Buffalo. You can't just take a swing like that and say no. We really believe in him and we think he's going to do it this year. Right. I'm starting to that. see that. I didn't see it as much last week, but between mm-hmm. going back and listening to our show and reading stuff and then seeing how things played out today, I'm really it's starting to register more with me that hey, maybe UPL will be the goalie down the road, but it's not going to be in October of of this season. Yeah. Uh, very. I likely. mean. I like your point too, by the way, that the, the key is Adam needs to communicate with UPL. You don't want to yeah. blindside a player. You yeah. know, we like you a lot. We like you so much. Oh, by the way, then you read in the, you read in the newspaper mm-hmm. that there was almost a trade made at the position right. you played. You know? Right. So I, it, but like if he comes out and he just like starts killing it the first, you know, two, three months of the season or something like that. And you're like, okay, all right. He's, he's ready. Like you, you can make that move kind of easy because you know like listen yeah, again you love craig anderson love what he does and all that but like if you need to sit him down to have upl get games that's easy sure that's a, that's a slam dunk move you don't you don't feel bad about that and honestly anderson's probably like yeah if that happens cool like i yeah. i get it um you know because obviously whatever goal other goalie you're bringing in that's probably the guy you're you're penciling in to start 65 percent of your games so mm-hmm. you know if you know but if upl dominates like that at the at, at the ahl level and you got to get him up here to see if that's for real. Fine. Like you, you don't feel bad about bringing him up in that case. I, I definitely, I don't know if I believe in UPL yet, but I know I haven't given up on him because mm-hmm. he did have, it was a small sample size, but his numbers are pretty good with Buffalo this year, mm-hmm. better than they were in Rochester mm-hmm. uh, last season. So draft, we're talking about the Sabres. I remember on this podcast, a year ago, I think you might have come up with the 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 saying "down the drain for Shane." I remember <laughs> talking about that roughly a year ago yeah. or so, and mm-hmm. I was like, "All right, the take is on," because Owen Power was not the consensus surefire number one pick about a year or so ago, at least before the draft. You know, earlier in the process, it wasn't a given, a hundred percent lock that Owen Power was going to be the first pick. It seemed like it, but it wasn't a complete lock. Not like Shane Wright was supposed to be a year ago. Put it that way. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So, I know things started to change as it got closer to the draft, and you started to hear some rumblings. But man, yeah, dude, not only not the first pick, he won the second or the third pick either. Yeah, so he goes four. And again, I don't know much about these players, and I'm not going to try to pretend I do. But I do know one thing: that motherfucker was not happy. No, he was no. no. I don't know, like if he's mad. Seattle picked him fourth, right? I think it was Seattle. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right, Seattle. So. I think it was, and he looked at that Montreal table on the stage with the 
death stare, man. He was ready to kill somebody. Mm-hmm. And then he put on that phony smile. He kind of got screwed a little bit in terms of, uh, you know, just his fit. Now we'll see. Who knows? Maybe down the road, mm-hmm. just be the best thing to happen to him. Um, right. Cooley went third to Arizona. Kind of the same deal. Like, he did not look like he was very happy, you know? I remember when Stefan Gilmore was drafted by the Bills, and he couldn't just – he couldn't hide the fact that he wasn't happy. Yeah. These guys were not happy. But anyway, were you kind of – I don't know if you were stunned that Shane Wright didn't go first, but are you stunned that he blasted to the fourth pick? Because I'm going to tell you right now, again, me, a non-prospect knowing Sabres fan – for the only time during the whole draft was young to TV. Oh, the Sabres move up. They got, you know, they got nine. They got 16. Go get Shane right at four. Yeah. <laughs> um, but were you stunned? Uh, yeah. It, like it, a lot of the draft insiders were talking about this possibly. Corey Promen, uh, the athletic was, had mentioned this. His final mock draft said, played out exactly how this top four played out. Wow. Like that's, and I, I don't know if we, if I don't know if you nailed the top five or not, but like the, once it once it got down to right, I was like, that's where I stopped caring about the because I was like, if he's saying he's not going first, well, where the hell is he going? Um, so the fact that that played out exactly how Corey had it, you know, I was like, okay, all right. So it is surprising. It's completely surprising. This is the guy that for this draft class has been basically since he was fifteen. You're like, he's the number one guy. Yeah. You know, he's. I mean, his. The skills and the numbers and all that stuff, it's not the same level as McDavid. It's not the same as Crosby. It's none of that stuff. But like, since he was 15, he was viewed as the the elite guy. He, he's going to be the top guy out of this class. It's like, you know, like next year with uh, with Bedard. Like Bedard's, you know, people already talking about like, well, if he was in this class, he'd be number one. It's the Austin Matthews thing again. You know, like sure. where, you know, if Matthews was in the McDavid Eichel draft, they're like, oh, Sabres would have taken Matthews second. Like that, you know, that kind of thing. I've already heard the Blackhawks are in the process of starting to tank for him already. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> they traded a 40-goal scorer who's 24 years old, yeah. and they picked up a Leafs goalie who is horrible this year. Yes, right. they are. <laughs> once, you know, if they trade Kane, if they trade Taves, then, like, it's it's on. Like, it's, yeah. they, tra- they traded Kirby Doc. Like, they just drafted him a few years ago. He's gone. Okay, they trade on the Montreal. So uh, yeah, so yeah, Chicago, Chicago is very early out front for being for being in the race for Bedard. <laughs> but like, w- when it comes to right though, like Montreal's, I think Montreal is lucky they're not in the Western Conference because that that is a chip on your shoulder. I'm gonna I'm gonna mess this team up game every time. Yeah, so, like he plays Montreal and like twice a year with Seattle. Like okay, you can live with that, but. Man, I I don't know. What in my mind when it when your choice is between, you know, a top winger and a top center, you take the center. Because the center does more stuff. The center, you know, the center has more defensive responsibility. Now if he's terrible defensively, then like, all right, fine, but he wouldn't be, you know, the the consensus, you know, number one pick for you know, for most people. Um if he was bad defensively. In yeah. fact, he's, he's very good defensively. He's very good offensively. He's the captain of his team. Uh, people looked at his numbers and they thought his numbers were down, which, you know, 90 some points in 60, whatever games still really good. That's really, really good. But people were like, they're like, well, we expected Crosby numbers. We expected McDavid numbers. We thought he was going to be unbelievable. It's like, well, okay. A that's ridiculous. You know, once in a lifetime players, you know, he's not as good as this once in a lifetime guy. He stinks. Like, no, uh, his two line mates for the most of the season were, like 16 year olds that the coach entrusted him to help them 
right. get acclimated to playing in the CHL and getting better. I don't know. Take that into account. Like, I mean, listen, scouts watch more games. They do all this stuff. You know, maybe they know something the rest of us don't, but it seems insane. It seems insane that like that, not only that Montreal would just take a winger, which, you know, I get it. Montreal's side. I can kind of understand why Nick Suzuki's really damn good. Really great center. They added Kirby doc. Okay. So you got a couple centers, you know, they're both young. They're both really young. Do you want to add an 18-year-old center to that mix of already really young guys? To me, yes. Yeah, fine. Like, <laughs> it's fine. I can live with that because they're if they're all going to be really damn good, that's that's the way to live. Yeah. But Jersey passing on them, which you can make a stronger argument that maybe they didn't require another center. You know, they've got Nico Heischer, who's a great two-way center. Jack Hughes is a very, very good scorer, and he's getting much, much better as as the years go on. So you can say like we don't they have bigger needs at defense which they do but I mean you're not you're not necessarily drafting for need in the NHL draft you're drafting to like make your team better down the road it, but if you and Simon Nemich is a, is going to be really damn good he's sure. going to be really damn good he he was a guy that he, in my mind if he fell down the board and like got to 7 that's that's why Buffalo goes tries to trade up and get and try to get that seven spot because he'd be like, okay, we're definitely taking a four or one of these, but if that defenseman's there, we're taking him. Like that's that's what you're kind of preparing for with that with that sort of move. But Nemich is really good. Logan Cool, I'm pretty sure Arizona had Cooley's jersey made up, you know, the second the second they got the number three pick because they figured Wright's gone. We're not taking a defenseman. Uh Slavkovsky's not going to be there. So Cooley's our guy. Uh, and then Cooley's there, Wright's there too, but uh, you know, but they were probably not. I don't know. I, I can't explain what what their thing is. Cooley's got to be very, very good too. So I, I, I get it. Yeah, but you he's know. in Arizona, so right, right. So, <laughs> but now, but he's got to get to play on a college campus. So yeah, you, you know, it's not so bad for him. But I mean, I look at it for Seattle. Like Matty Benyers falls in their lap in the first round last year, and you're just kind of wow, that's that's pretty lucky. And now this year the. The guy who before this season, two months ago even, was the consensus number one pick falls in their lap. Yeah. It's like, crazy. you know, so for Seattle, that's an amazing turn of events for them. I compared it to Vegas because Vegas just kept making trades with Vegas around the expansion draft where they just kept handing them quality players. And it turned out to be pretty good for Vegas. Seattle is, they're doing it more on the traditional expansion way of doing things, you know, build through the draft, start slowly, you know, and go that route. Well, now they've got two guys who are going to be their top two centers without a doubt yeah. already. Like they're, 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 that's their one, two punch immediately already. And like, that's for a slow burn team for a slow burn expansion team. Like that's pretty, that's pretty damn good. So, you know, good for them, but Holy crap, man, if this doesn't pay out for Montreal, I, I was, I was joking with Chad and Anthony saying like, listen, Mon Montreal always, they've been crying about getting centers for 20 years. Basically, since Saku Koivu retired, or when he left Montreal, like they're like, we need a center, we need a center, and then they get Nick Suzuki. They're like, we got a center, and it's like, well, you need more than one, and like they get all these quality forwards, and they're like, they try to cram them at center, and it's like they're not centers, man, they're wings. Yeah. This time, they, the the best center in the draft is right there to take them, and they don't, and they take you know a very big, very skilled, very big scoring winger in Slavkovsky, which hey, listen, great player, He's, it's a great pick. But you're picking number one. You can't miss that. You cannot miss on that pick. Yeah. Well, to your point about 
hockey drafting in general is, is so different than football because football, you're you're taking guys even at the end of round one, like Kyrie Elam for the Bills. He's your starting cornerback day one. 99% of these dudes ain't even going to be in the NHL for a year or two at least. You know, so uh, you just, you draft talent and you draft the talented players. Um, and Shane Wright, I don't know him, like his DNA. I don't know what his makeup is. I don't know his personality, but I can't imagine this dude's not going to have the biggest chip on his shoulder and maybe the history of uh, of the league. But anyway, I want to uh, take a real quick break. We're going to come back. I want to get into the three picks that the Buffalo Sabres made on this uh, Thursday night first round of the NHL draft. Be right back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, I'm back with Joe Yerdin. So the Sabres did not move up or down. And with any of their three picks, Kevin Adams did say afterwards that he called about moving up with every pick. At least he made a call, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Take that if what what it's worth. But anyway, um, at pick nine, I'm first of all, this I'm pretty happy because the Sabres took three players that have semi-reasonable, pronounceable names. I am absolutely horrible <laughs> when it comes to <laughs> hockey and names. It's absolutely embarrassing. But uh pick nine was one of the guys that I actually did spend a good amount of time reading because uh, Matthew Savoy, and I did say that right, correct? Yes, Joe? you did. You nailed How it. About that, Pat. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad you did. <laughs> yes, I did. But anyway, I read a lot about him because I he was in the mix and he was a player. I watched some YouTube highlights again. I don't know these prospects well whatsoever. Like most people, I read Lance from the Buffalo News. I read a lot of the athletic stuff. I read NHL websites. You know, prospect stuff. Um. This guy is is a player that seems to be a a good fit for the Sabres. He's five nine. By the way, all three of the play or the draft picks tonight were all under six feet. Um, Matt is five nine, one seventy five. Shoots right handed. Uh, played with Winnipeg at the WHL. Uh, Thirty five goals, 90, 90 points in sixty five games last year. So after the picks, what I started doing, Joe, is I started going to 
a couple of websites and looking at where they were ranked before the draft. Um, mm-hmm. The Athletic Scott Wheeler had him um, ranked fourth overall in the draft. He was fourth on his board. Uh, NHL.com had him fourth among North American skaters. Sportsnet had him sixth. Uh, EliteProspects.com had him ninth. And, of course, the famous Bob McKenzie, TSN, had him ninth. Um, I, I want to get your thoughts on the pick. And uh, he also, I want to read a, a tweet from the media scrum. This is what he said. He says, I'm super excited to be a part of the Sabres organization. They have a ton, a ton of good young talent and veteran leadership. You can sense when a team likes you a little more than the others. And he said that a couple times that he got a sense that he thought the Sabres liked him. Uh, more than the others. So again, if you look at the pre-draft rankings, they kind of fall online. I want to get your thoughts. And then I'm going to read uh, an evaluation from uh, the athletic as well. But first I want to get your thoughts on the pick. Uh, Savoy was a guy that I had started hearing from some people. Uh, it was about like a NMA. I want to say NMA very beginning of June where uh, Savoy had a very high profile as a guy like, Scoring wise, speed wise, skill wise, like he was a guy that that ranked out as somebody who was going to be an exciting guy to draft. And I started hearing that like he might be there for for Buffalo at, at nine, and I was like, okay, all right. Like if he's there at nine or sixteen, like that would be that's mm-hmm. a, that's a that's a great guy to to land because because again, it's the it's the exciting level of the talent and the ability and the pace of play that he plays with. Like those are all like these are all things that that teams are in need of now. You know, um, you look at the style of play the Avalanche do, where it's you know high octane speed, skill, all that. Savoy's out of that mold. Like that's the way, that's the way he likes to play. That's where he wants to be. So, um, I I really like the pick, and I like it because also very selfishly because I was like, that's got to be the guy. Like if he's there, I mean, you know, weird stuff happening aside, like if he's the guy that's there, I, I think that's the guy you go for. Even with him not being you know a six foot plus guy like whatever you don't so many guys have proven you don't need to be a giant to have a lot of success in the league you know johnny i heard some braid i heard some braid and point comparisons on the radio Mm, yeah i i mean production wise yeah like uh, i i think that's that's not a bad guy to compare to um but like i mean if he turns out to be a braid and point style player holy smokes man like that's that's an unbelievable addition. Um, but he's, but, but his, his profile, the way, the way that he plays the game, man, like that's, it's another guy that, uh, that offers an element that the Sabres need a little bit more of, Mm -hmm. um, and has maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit more to him than say, and you know, other guys that are similar that they've got, you know, like Isaac Rosine, you know, kind of similar, similar mold. I think Rosine's more of a winger than a center. Um, and you know, Savoy, you know, listen, he started as a center again, ended up being a winger anyways, it, you know, whatever it's fine. Um, but that's, but, it, but I mean, he's a guy that, you know, they, they, you know, they scouted very well, you know, they asked Peyton Krebs about him. Krebs played in Winnipeg in junior hockey. So, um, you know, it's, it's a guy they got to, they, they got to know a lot about, you know, through a lot of different routes. So, uh, it's a pick that I, that I really like for them. I think that's, a, it's just a really smooth pickup. He's a guy that's, like I said, he's got to offer an element that they need elsewhere in the lineup. And yeah. I, I, and you know, you don't have to push them to the NHL right away. Like that's, I think that's the, the, the main thing. Like you don't need, you pick a guy like this now, 
you know, four or five years ago, you're like, ah, can he play right away? You know, can we get him on the second line right away? Now you're just kind of like, no, 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 play another year in Winnipeg, you know, play another year, you know, play two years in Winnipeg, then go to go to Rochester and then we'll get you figured out from there. But I mean, he put up some great numbers last year, 90 plus points in 60 games, 60, whatever games, yeah. just a stupidly good season. So I like him. I, I like that pick quite a bit. Let me, uh, let me put up uh, for you too, but I, I'm going to read this. The athletic, this was Scott Wheeler. I said, had him fourth in his evaluation of these prospects. This is what he said. He says, there isn't a player in his draft class whose game thrills more than Savoy's does when he's firing. Inside the offensive zone, he's lethal. He's got extremely quick side-to-side hands that help him beat defenders one-on-one off of cuts. He's got an NHL shot, which he can place with pinpoint accuracy from a bad angle and ripped by a goalie clean from a distance. But he also loves to change up in slide five-hole. You know, on and on and on. I'm not going to read the whole thing because we'll end up being there all night. But anyway, very high on him. And then you go also to the uh, evaluation of the picks. And um, he was very high on the pick as well. So seems like a good pick. And again, who knows how it plays out. You never know, especially with hockey players, it seems. They're more they're more unpredictable. Maybe, well, actually, baseball draft picks might be the most unpredictable. <laughs> yes. But anyway, uh, so anyway, Matthew Savoy, pick nine. Um, the Sabres. Again, picked at 16, did not move up or down. And they took uh, Noah Oslin. Oslin. Mm-hmm. I said that right. Two for yep. two, baby. You nailed it. 18 year old kid. Uh, he's small, man. 5'10, 164. Yeah. He's from Sweden. Mm-hmm. Um, let's look. I, I looked up some stats. He had 42 points in 32 games uh, or 39 games with uh, Jer Gardens. You'll see how I do it. I'm on fire with pronouncing these correct tonight. <laughs> uh, the junior 20 team. Last season, uh, 10 points in six games at the uh, under-18 Worlds. He was named uh, one of the players. The tournament Sweden won the gold medal. Bob McKenzie, I looked it up. Bob McKenzie had him 22. And Scott Wheeler, who we just talked about, had him 23. He did say in his uh, post-media scrum that he has. He thinks he only needs one year in Sweden before he comes to uh, North America. Those are his words after uh, being drafted. Uh, I'll turn over to you again. What are your thoughts on that pick? Going with another speedy, uh, skilled, skilled set, smallish forward. Yeah, no. I, uh, getting a Swedish kid's always fun because you know, listen, they've got a they've got a lot of Swedish connections on the team, so that's mm-hmm. that's nice. Um, obviously, you're going to take your time with him. He's you know he's light. You know, <laughs> you know you're not you're not going to play at that size that's of small. the NHL level. Like that's yeah, that's, you're, that's just not happening. Um, but you know, but you can, but again, you can just take your time with them. You know, you don't have mm-hmm. to rush them. Let them get a nice, real full year uh, playing for Jira Gardens and see what happens there. Now, if something happens where it's like a Rosine situation where he gets buried and he's not playing a lot, then you just be like, all right, man, just get over here, play here. You know, we'll we'll get you developed here. We'll take care of business. But um, they've had the Sabers have had a little bit better luck in the past with with guys coming through Jira Gardens. So I don't think they're sweating that too much at this point. But um, but yeah, he's he's another guy where if you looked at his name through mock drafts, shows up anywhere. Like you could see him. Some people were thinking maybe him at eight to Detroit. Some people were thinking like, oh, maybe he slips down past twenty. Like it's. This is what we said about the draft. Once you got past about five or six, well, we actually said once you get past three, things are getting things get crazy. But obviously, this year was a little different. But um, the way it actually played out, anyways. But he, um, 
I don't know. It, it, it's leaning again on skill and ability um, with this guy. Uh, you know, you're, you're aiming at upside. Like you're not putting all your eggs in the basket on, you know, potential and upside. There's obvious skill there. There's obvious ability, uh, you know, against his peers. He scored pretty well. You feel pretty good about that. And like, that's, that's a real nice pick. I think that's, it's a real nice pick. It makes a lot of sense. And again, you know, they've had very good fortune with Swedes. They've done very well picking guys out of Sweden. Um, and that, you know, you can't always just judge it by how other guys do, but, sure. um, but his profile is very strong. Uh, I, I like the pick. I, I, you know, and, you know, people getting hung up on just picking centers because, you know, all three of their picks were, were centers. But, you know, Adams pointed out very quickly, it's like it's easier to have a guy go from center to wing, center than, to wing. than the other way. So yeah. Yeah. Um, having that, ver- you know, the versatility to be able to do that, you know, is good. Like uh, you want you want guys this age to be versatile. Like that's it's a necessary thing, especially at forward. Like defense, it's a little different. But uh, but forwards, like, listen, if you can find the place where they can have the most success and, and put them there, that's good. I've, obviously, they figured out to, how to do it with Tage Thompson and, you know, with a handful of other guys. But uh, but yeah, I like this pick. It's 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 a it's a solid pick. But uh, I think they're in my mind, I think you're hoping that he he can spend maybe two really good years in Sweden before bringing him to Rochester. Um, you, you don't want to have to have feel like you have to do what you did with with Rosine where he's he didn't play any time hardly any right. time with with his with his team and then you're just kind of like we can't waste another year with him over there we got to get the, we got to get this under control right let me read from uh scott wheeler from the athletic i'm gonna read the whole thing but a couple of highlights his evaluation he had him again ranked uh 23rd he says oslin's calling card is his airy agile skating stride excellent hands cleverness and two-way ability, the skating and defensive aptitude, including on face-offs, make him an able penalty killer, which is pretty cool. And the rest give him clear cool, clear tools of creation at five-on-five five and the power play. Um, he also points out at the very end of the evaluation, too, that he's got two years left on his contract with your gardens, but the second year as an out built in if they aren't promoted back to the SHL from hockey, whatever the hell that is. hockey all Svenskin. It's the it's the it's the second league. There's yeah. a promotion and relegation in, in most of the European leagues, and uh, Jurgarden got knocked down, so they had a rough season. He also he also says some scouts worry about whether he'll be able to get to the inside and hold his own physically along the wall against pros and his mm-hmm. score a ton even against his peers this year, given his talent level and line mates. But his approach in skating should help mitigate against that. I like him a lot. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, that's another, you know, pretty good. Uh, you can never yeah. have too many forwards, you know, on this team. Good pick. You like the pick. Yeah. Seems like uh, evaluators like the pick. Um, and the, I'll say this though. Like he, Scott mentions that his strengths are with his skating and his ability to handle the puck. Those are two things that are very difficult to teach as time goes on, like if he, if he's already a very top level skater with his ability, that's, that's a huge, that's a huge hill that some guys have to try to, to climb as you know, they go through juniors or college or whatever. Um, if he's already at like a, a, at a really good level there, it's one less thing you got to worry about as they, as they evolve as a player. And, you know, if they can handle the puck and weave in and out of traffic, I mean, Listen, puck possession is the name of the game now. If you got a guy that can that can dart in and out and be able to keep keep possession of the puck, again, it's it's an ability that 
you want guys to have, especially a center, that you want guys to have that ability right off the hop. Uh, I, like, you know, again, the size is is an issue. And a guy that's, you know, he's again, he's not going to be that big if when he hits the NHL. Like, that's just, it's not going to happen. But, right. um, but if he stays on like that more slight side of things, you know, when it, when he, when he gets to the, when he gets the AHL, if he gets to the NHL, if he stays on that more slight side of things, it's, you know, it gets tougher. I mean, and it, listen, NHL is the toughest league in the world. Like, we, I don't have to, I don't have to say that. Like, everybody knows that. Um, but everybody hits harder. Everybody's faster. Everybody's, everybody's better at everything in the NHL. So, um, but if he's able to to use his uh, agility and ability to to get around to not get hit, suddenly that size doesn't look like such a big deal. Especially if you're the skating's good and you got good speed, you know. I mean, all it takes is one hit to kind of you know put you in your place. But um, but again, like he's he's not going to stay 155, 165 pounds <laughs> forever. Like that's just right. that's just not the case. So. Uh, Again, when the strengths are in those areas, and he's got the really good skill, especially two way, like you know, like to have a guy that you don't have to worry about being terrible at his own end. Um, but when you've got those other skills, but you've got those abilities already at an advanced level, then you that's that you feel pretty confident about leaning into a guy like that. Yeah, okay, so they had one more pick, twenty eighth overall, uh, Yuri Kulrich. Kulrich, 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 Kulrich. Yes, yes. 18 years old. God damn it. I thought I was going to get through all three without messing up, but I knew it. <laughs> I said it several times uh, before this podcast. He's 18 years old, 5'11, 172 from the Czech Republic. He looks, even though his weight is only like maybe 10 pounds more, he just looks thicker to me mm-hmm. than, uh, than, um, who, who the hell were we just, about? oh, Noah Oslin. He, he looks yeah. thicker to me. Anyway, I looked up some stuff with him now. He was, uh, the number 13 ranked international skater per central scouting um, 18 on Bob McKenzie's list. And he was 22 on Scott Wheeler from the athletics list, which is actually one higher than, uh, than Oslin actually. So his rankings. And again, doesn't really mean much, you know, a year, two, three years from now, but you know, if you're looking for guys who are potential steals, it's pretty cool that this guy that they got at 28, was ranked as higher, even a little bit higher in mm-hmm. a lot of uh central scouting, you know, rankings than Noah Oslin was. Um what, what what are your thoughts on that? And again, they go three straight picks with a uh kind of somewhat undersized, skilled, speedy Ford. Yeah, he, he seeing him uh seeing him go to the stage, the first guy I thought of was uh uh was Ivan Drago with the way he looks. Like he's got yeah. the he's got the chiseled <laughs> jaw, like yeah. You're just like, whoa, this this guy's a badass. And just like looking at him, you're like, whoa, okay, all right. This this guy looks tough. I don't want to, I don't know if I want to cross this guy. But like, I mean, he's not like the big hulking dude. Like he's the strong center. Mm-hmm. The fun part with him is that people are gonna look up his stats. Obviously, that's what everybody does. You draft somebody, and you're like, okay, what did he do? And you're gonna look at his numbers, and you're gonna be like, How did this guy go in the first round? Look at his stats stink. You're looking at you know, you're looking at the 14 points player for this team of the Czech League. Come on, the Czech League's not even good. What the hell's going on here? Well, he was 17, 18 years old playing in the top league in, in the Czech in Chechia. Chechia. Yeah, gotta make sure I keep saying it. The new the the, the right name, Chechia. Um, and it's the it, it, he had his most points that a player that age has had since Marty Marty Nechas of the Hurricanes did it you know a few years back. Um now he he could play. In, in 
Chechi again next year. He can play. He he was drafted by a team in the the QMJHL in junior hockey, so he could come over. He could come over and play there if he wants to, or if the Sabers suggest strongly that he don't do that. Like that's 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 fine. But the kid, like the the thing about him that people were that I that I checked in with about him, they rave about is his defensive ability. Like they say, he's a really strong defensive center, which again very valuable to have. Mm-hmm. in a player that young um I, I would like to see him more again and this is weird to say given that he played in a men's league he played almost 50 games in the in the extra league like that's it's a lot of games man like that it was for a kid that young playing against adults like i mean it's the same league i think i don't think yager's team was in the second league but like that's the league yarmir yager owns a team and plays in like okay like that's you know that, that's that's the level we're talking about here but um but he, uh, I, I would like to see him more against guys his age, just to see to get the better comparison factor. You know, comparing him against you know guys who are 25, 27, 28, 30 years old, I mean, that's cool. Like if he does really well against them, that's great. But also, like I want to know how he does against his peers. So seeing him, like you know, his stats in the uh, the, the under eighteen tournament were pretty strong. He scored nine goals in the in the under eighteen tournament. Like it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good, pretty good haul there. 11 points in a handful of games. Like, all right, like that's good. Um, but that's why I, I, I kind of want to see him go play in the queue next year or this upcoming, this season coming up. We're in that weird transition time between the season just ended. The new season's not here yet. Like what the hell? Um, but I, I, but I mean, listen, there's a ton of ability there. Uh, and if, if he, if that offensive game doesn't totally evolve, as a you know, when he gets when he makes his way up into the pros in North America, if it doesn't totally get there, but the defensive game's really good, fine, fine. Like you, like it, if a guy's got that ability somewhere within him, you know that the goals can happen at any time. But but if he's asked to be the kind of like tough flex guy to to get those tough assignments and defend against top players, boy, that's a win. <laughs> you know, yeah. like you already, and not to get this kid too far ahead down the road, but you know, you're looking at a team that's got Tage Thompson, you've got Dylan Cousins, you've got, you know, you've got all these guys up the middle that their roles seem to be pretty clear already. You know, Peyton Krebs, all, you know, these, you know, all these players. So if you get a guy where maybe you're thinking like at worst, he could be like you're in your bottom six lineup. I mean, that's great. I mean, obviously you want to have higher expectations for guys you take in the first round, but I don't know. But if that's like the base level you're looking at, that's, that's a pretty solid pick. That's a yeah. really solid pick. So I, 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 like I said, I want to see him more against guys his age just to get a better idea of where he sits at that. But I mean, listen, if you got him playing in the, in the top league in, in Chechia, like, okay. Like, because you know he's doing very well if that's the case. You look at Savoy and you look at Aslan and, and Coolidge, and it's like you, you definitely want to get excited because the Sabres already have a nice little young core now, and and mm-hmm. then they got Quinn and you got Paterka, and you know maybe two, three years from now, some of these guys come up, and uh, it, it is exciting. So they end up making all three picks. Now that it's over, are we looking at a team right now? When you look at Kevin Adams and the, and and the makeup of this team. We didn't want to say anything before the draft because it was always possible that maybe the Sabres package a pick and a player, you know, there was some Olofsson talk, things like that. Maybe take Olofsson in a player and you go and you trade for a really young veteran that might fit the mold of this team. 
not saying that can't still happen. It still can, or it won't happen with these draft picks. Um, well, I shouldn't say that either because they can still yeah. be traded. But anyway, nothing has happened. Are you, do you start to feel like when it comes to the Buffalo Sabres and, and Kevin Adams and his plan, and he's talked very openly about it and very candidly about it, do you, do you get a sense, because I do, that at this point they're going to just do what they got to do to get to the cap floor, and this team is going to be this team with another goalie, and who knows who mm-hmm. the goalie is going to be. But with the exception of goalies, assuming UPL is not going to be the guy with Craig Anderson to start the season, is that pretty much all it's going to do is get to the cap floor and we pretty much already have our team for next year to continue progress? What do you think? Yeah, I, I honestly, I don't think the cap floor is a big worry. I think they're I think they're okay there. I think whatever contract they get Olsen done with is gonna take care of a lot of that business. Plus they got, you know, four or five other RFAs to get signed. That's that all that stuff's gonna come in at around 10 million or so. Mm-hmm. Um that not really that more depends on what Olson's contract comes in at. Like everybody else is is gonna be a pretty standard resigning. Um so yeah, I there the floor is not a worry. Like they, you know, they you want to get a few million dollars over the floor, which they will. Like they you know, Adams has talked a lot about signing, you know, adding a couple of forwards. Which I know people are like, well, you got to put them. Well, they need a number four center, so that's one. That's that's one spot. But uh, and you probably want to add some. You you want to add some, uh, you know, some depth skill there, maybe. Um, but you're not gonna you can't you're not gonna break the bank if you don't you, you don't have to. Don't hold your you breath know? for fireworks. No, no, no. I don't. I don't. I don't think fireworks are are, are really a thing. I still wonder what it's going to take for them to get the goalie that they're that they're really eyeballing on obviously you know the the murray thing falling apart is a bummer um but it shows to me that adams is is a being aggressive and b looking for different solutions you know maybe not necessarily the more obvious ones um because i you know i mean if they do that murray thing like the the cap floor isn't a worry anymore like that's that's done it that you know sure added you know you add bishop and then you add murray that's there's 10 10 plus million right there but um but it does make me wonder like where else they might look you know, like that's, that's where I, I wonder where things could go. Now, you know, we, we've talked about free agency, like that's not really an option. Colorado, Darcy Kemper, who just won a Stanley Cup is, is going to be going to free agency because they just acquired uh, Alexander Georgiev from, from the Rangers. And they said Georgiev's going to be a starter already uh, for Colorado next season. So I was like, okay, like, okay. Now, is Kemper a guy for Buffalo? Probably not. I mean, again, just won a cup. He probably wants a few years on a deal. We don't we, right now. We don't believe Buffalo is a team that wants to get a goalie on a you know to hand them out like a you know four or five year deal like that doesn't seem like the way they're going to go about it. But you know, maybe Darcy likes a project. I don't know. Like you know, you know, you don't know. Like Darcy can come in and be like the the guy who saves Buffalo. Who knows? You know, like but um, but like that that when it comes to like you know fireworks e kind of stuff, the trading for a goalie seems to me more like the likely road. Just because free agency thing didn't really work out that great last year, so um, and there's a ton of teams that need goaltending. Like there's a, there's so many teams that just need goaltending help. Period. So mm-hmm. you know you you don't want to get into that pond with a bunch of teams in free agency because some of those teams might be more attractive locations or might have better opportunities. So, um, but a trade a trade to pull out a goalie is is still something in the back of my mind that seems more likely. But I don't. But I don't know how you go about that. I, the the goalie thing hinges on what they're going to do in free agency at forward because you can tack on a forward in a deal 
or use we a find out the deal. Do we find out sooner than later? Like, is there a good chance mm-hmm. that we're having this conversation next week and the Sabres have done something to goalie? Uh, Free agency would, starts next Wednesday? Starts Wednesday. Yeah, I think it's Wednesday. Yeah, it is Wednesday. It's, uh, yeah, the 13th. So, yep. um, yeah, I, I think by the time we have the discussion next week, we already know who the number one is. Um, I hope so. <laughs> or at least the guy competing to be the number one. If it's if it's the guy, if the way we have to phrase it is the guy competing with Craig Anderson to be number one, there's a, there's a problem. <laughs> and again, that's not a knock on Craig. I love Craig right. Anderson, but like realistically, like that's that cannot be that cannot be the phrase we have to utter a week a week from now about what the goaltending thing is. <laughs> For people who, by the way, if you want to keep score when the Sabres made their trades last year when they traded Ravis Rislanin and Sam Reinhart. Um, so Oslin ends up being the pick for Rasmus, right? Philly no, 16. No, no, you're forgetting Jack Eichel. Oh, Jesus. 16 is the Eichel trade. Yes, that, oh my Isaac god. Ros- Isaac Rosine was the Ristolainen trade. Yeah, that was that was the year before. You're right. So Jack <laughs> Eichel. So Oslin will be connected with Eichel. So it ends up being mm-hmm. Oslin, Krebs, and um Tuck. and Alex Tuck. Mm-hmm. So and then whatever pick. second, third round pick or whatever the right. hell I got. And it kind of puts a little bit of pressure on him. And then uh, Yuri Kulich will be the guy. That was the Sam Reinhardt trade along with mm-hmm. Devin Levi yep. as well. So for people mm-hmm. uh, keeping score at home. Anyway, so before we get to our draft, the Sabres schedule that came out, I'm not going to post it. And probably, if you're a Sabres fan, you're already Wait, are we got to pick the wins? We got to pick the whole schedule? We got to steal picks, Howard Simon? Joe picks the Sabres? Or <laughs> do all 82 games? <laughs> you know what? Maybe we won't do you know No, what? Just, we're not doing that. Assholes. Just to be assholes, we're going to do that at oh some God. point this offseason. We'll do it all at right, the beginning so, of every month. How about that? <laughs> Just pick the games for the whole month. Season opener, October 13th. We already said that. Ottawa mm-hmm. at home. Um Sabres Maybe Matt Murray will start that game for Ottawa. <laughs> Sabres after dark. That's a big fun thing on Twitter. Sabres yeah. after dark, the hashtag. That's mm-hmm. right away. Four game yeah. Western swing, October 18th through 20th. Uh, the Western Canada swing too. Yeah. Like they Edmonton, usually do that shit in February. And it's Edmonton, horrible. Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver, and Seattle. Uh, Jack comes back with Vegas, November 10th. And then I looked it up. There were two separate four game homestands for the Sabres this year. And Toronto doesn't come to Buffalo until Tuesday, February 21st, which is their only time in Buffalo for the season. So, oh, wow. uh, yeah, that's all the way. Not so February that means they're only playing the Leafs three times this season. Yeah, two, two in that's Toronto. A, what a break I for the look. Leafs. I, 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 I looked. I know it is a break for the Leafs, man. <laughs> Sabres own the Toronto Maple Leafs as bad as they were. But uh, yes. anyway, just yeah, a couple um, just tidbits, like I said, with uh, the schedule. So, all right, again, this is our 50th starting five draft. This has been a lot of fun over the last year or so, even though, again, I haven't done so well, including last week. Last week, we did our best fast food chains, and uh, Joe won 61% to 39%. Um, I'll recap that. Joe took uh, Chipotle, Popeyes, Taco Bell, Five Guys, and Arby's. I went with Chick-fil-A, Zaxby's, McDonald's, Wendy's, and Culver's. Look, um, you won. You deserve the W. I'm, I'm really not. I have no gripe with not winning the poll. Um, I didn't do myself any favors. So I certainly didn't play to most of my audience that's based in Western New York with the Zaxby's pick and, and Culver's. Yeah. Though I stand by Those them. are both good picks. If Zaxby's and Culver's was in Buffalo, this draft might have been different with yeah. voting-wise. Um, good if, picks. It, look, if Culver's was in Buffalo, you would have people fighting about Anderson's versus Culver's. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. Absolutely. And again, this is our milestone 50th. So just for people out there wondering, you've won. Because some people think I've never won a poll. 
I have wins. You've been accused of tanking for like, yeah, I think each I, of the I, last four weeks. Yeah, I, I pretty much have. That was probably the general <laughs> sentiment. If you look at the uh, comments, uh, it was, are you even trying, you know, yeah. same shit as always. <laughs> but um, anyway, you've won 32 <laughs> and I've won 17. So mm -hmm. you've almost let me. I mean, almost. you got a you got a very healthy lead, but I've won a couple yes. here and there. I've won, yeah. like I said, I won like, 17. Things have been so weird with the polls last like what five, six, seven weeks. Like we we like every time we we, we recap it, it and we're like, oh, how do we think this is gonna go? And we're never right. This we're one never actually, right. Believe it or not, this was 61, closer. 6139 is which is a blowout, but by the, the standard of our polls, it's actually that was relatively close to a lot of what we've done recently. By the also, way, I you want rallied too because I raced out to a monster lead, and I was like, "This is kind of stupid." Like I, I was like, "Come on, man!" But yeah. you rally, you rallied to get it to there. <laughs> Semi-respectable. Yeah. yeah. All right, so I, I'll tell you what I wanted. Based on James Con passed away, which sucks, yeah. man. Ultimately, Con freaking rules, badass, man. man. Anyway, it would have been really cool to do a uh, in tribute to him to do a James Con movies. But then I'm like, whoever picks the Godfather, yeah. your, your least favorite thing is somebody looking at one thing and saying the poll's over. Yeah. That would have happened a ton mm -hmm. because I mean, no, come it's, on, no, the, him and the, the Godfather. The poll is game. over after Godfather. Yeah, it's over. You so whoever had the first pick, that was the poll. So not going to do that. But recipes, uh, James Con. What we are going to do this week is comedy TV comedies since 2000. So any comedy. That's been around since 2000 or newer mm -hmm. is, is fair game here. Now, uh, you know, I didn't even look at this before. Yeah, I did have the first pick. I actually went with Chick-fil-A, which did yeah. not go over well, quite obviously. So you're going to be on the clock and you're going to have the first pick here. Again, TV comedies yeah. since 2000. You're going to hate the shit out of me. It's The Office yeah, yeah. is number one. Uh, you know, I, I have my beefs with the later seasons of The Office, but the first seasons of the office are freaking perfect yeah you know it, I, I i don't need to talk the office to you of all me. people in on earth you're the last person i need to justify picking the office so all i know is that i'm breaking your heart by taking the office you are. So that's, I, that I, makes I was, it worth that makes was, it worthwhile i was kind of hoping you take something else. <laughs> it would have been obvious with me i haven't binged in like almost six months though now but you're yeah, due I'm, you're overdue i am definitely overdue all right so <laughs> that, that would that's not surprising I'm, I'm i'm disappointed you had to know that that's how it was going to play out right yeah. Or did you think I was going to go? I mean, I, there's, a, there's a few other picks that I would like to make, but I think everyone in the world knew that I was taking that if I had the first pick. I, <laughs> yes. I, I think that was obvious. I, to be honest with you, though, I don't know. I thought there were a couple that you might go with. Yeah. Um, I mean, so, all right. Well, I got to bounce back here. Um, You, you know do. what? Yes. I'm in it to win it this week. Okay. I feel like I'm locked in with these categories all right. or with these uh, shows. So you take the office, which would have been my first pick. I'm, I mean, I cannot lie, of course. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with my first pick. I'm going to go with "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia." I, I was been already, around. I was already typing that in. <laughs> it's been around now for a long time, and we've kind of talked about this because we've had other categories where, like, some of these are going to be picked again because they were different, mm -hmm. you know, types of things. Um, right. So they kind of intertwine a little bit, but yeah, man, just the gang and the way they throw each other under the bus. They're all best friends, but they fucking pretty much hate each other. I, oh, I just, yeah. Absolutely awesome. And that show is still, well, I shouldn't say it's still good because I did watch the latest season and that wasn't good. But this show in its heyday was 
one of the funniest shows I've ever seen. So I'm going to go with that. And then I'm going to go with another show that's still on. And this is what I know you like. I'm going to go with Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I look, I love Larry David, man. I just love it. It's an adult version of Seinfeld or more mm -hmm. R rated version, basically of Seinfeld. Yes. And yes. I just, there's terms and things that come from that show to this day, you know, like the accidentally on purpose, mm -hmm. you know, I said, send in a text to somebody or something like that. Just things like that. I, I still laugh my ass off to this day. Larry David is just funny. Um, it's a great cast too. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, I feel pretty good about that. Sunny and Philly and uh curb your enthusiasm. Yeah, no, I zero arguments with either of those. Those were two on my list that I was like, boy, I hope you don't pick those. <laughs> but I was They're like, two if you're on my board, I learned you, my job. I'm calling it the John Elway rule. I am never not gonna stay with my board again. <laughs> that's the you know, honestly, that's the right way to do it. <laughs> uh, but you did leave another one of my favorites on the board, uh, and it's arrested development. And yeah. I and I know arrested development can be uh kind of an acquired taste but like mm -hmm. man oh man the first what three seasons of that are perfect i love it that is a perfect damn series and i'll mention i'll mention one in comparison that i'm pretty confident you're not going to pick it, and i know i'm not going to pick it but it, it the fact that it produced an immediate copycat that's not nearly as good in modern family tells me that arrested development was a perfect show yeah yeah, you know, and, like, I, I, and because I, I full confession, I do not care for Modern Family in any way. But to me, it's like it's okay. it's, it's rated PG. It's rated G Arrested Development because Arrested Development is not a rated R type comedy show. Mm -hmm. it's, it was still it was still on network TV, but like it's a soft serve version of Arrested Development. Like same thing. Oh, wacky family, wacky rich family does dumb shit. Like yeah, dude, I, I've already watched that series. <laughs> you know, like I don't care if they win all the damn Emmys. It's not a great show. For I me. never thought for of me. that comparison, but that's a good one. You're right. Yeah. I, Nate yeah. Geary might yell at me about it, but I don't care. If Nate, if I know Nate loves Modern Family, which means I'm very correct in my, in my opinion. <laughs> so um, the uh, my next pick, though. Uh, hmm. I'm just going back down my list here just to make sure I'm not skipping over something that I like way more. Uh, just to make sure. Um, no, I no. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to my guns here. Parks and Rec. Uh, I was I was going there next. Damn it's it. I I know it's like uh, I feel like that it's one that I was late to. Um, uh, but goddamn, what a show! It's just you know classic great comedy with like a nice heart to it and like insane characters, which is wheelhouse for me. <laughs> I'll I'll tell you right now. I hated the ending of it. <coughs> I got a call. I got something stuck in my throat. That's it's fine. I hated the ending of it, but it's one of the best shows, period. It mm -hmm. was right there with The Office. Yeah. Despite I hate the way the, 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 the time lapse went so much into the future at mm -hmm. the very end of the series. But, man, you want to talk about a show that produced a lot of stars, too? Holy or God. already had stars and then yeah. produced more stars with Chris Pratt? Oh, my God. It's mm -hmm. awesome fucking show. And I was literally going to pick that next. All right. So I got two here. Well, I'm good. I thought I was taking that one. And I'm like, All right. Well, one of them's easy because I thought I had my next two. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to go with 30 Rock. Okay. I love that show. NBC show. Uh, Alec Baldwin was awesome. Tina Fey. Again, another great ensemble cast. 
Tracy Morgan was like the star of the show, but I, he wasn't even one of my five favorite characters uh, on the show. But mm -hmm. it was just so damn funny, man. And it never really fell off for me. I, I really like it a lot. So I'm going to go 30 Rock. <sighs> this is where I get a, a choice between stick two. Your, I was really bored. Parks and I am Parks and Rec and 30 Rock were, I was really feeling good about them. And Parks and Rec kind of, you know, th this is one. I have to, I have to say to my board and I know this is a show that a lot of people love and some people, and if you don't love it, you hate it. It's like not people who say, Oh, this is pretty good. It's Shits mm -hmm. Creek. And it's relatively, oh. it's, it's kind of new. I love Shits Creek, man. I thought it was an absolutely hilarious show. David is one of the funniest characters on TV and his sister. Uh, Maura was hilarious. I, I just, I love that family on there. And this is about TV comedies, but that show mm -hmm. also, was kind of an uplifting show, man. It was, it was a lot of feel-good moments. It was a lot of tenderness to go with that comedy. But it was just hilarious, man. I laughed my ass off. And I know every time I, I bring up Shits Creek, I think of Marcel Louis Jacques. Mm -hmm. um, of course, who, you know, oh, yeah. here in Buffalo. <laughs> he hated the fucking show. He goes, the dry is just <laughs> funny about it. So I almost, I have that. I'm kind of a little bit gun-shy because I hear somebody like Marcel say that. But you know what? Mm-hmm. I love Marcel, but screw him when it comes to this. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going Shit's Creek. So 30 Rock and Shit's Creek. So you've picked three and, and you got two more. I got a steal that I'm hoping to get. And I, I don't even know how to play for audiences, but it's one that I want bad. Uh, I really hope I'm taking that from you right now. I really do. Because uh, my pick is Veep. Oh, it's a great show, too. I, I, Julie Louis Dreyfus freaking rules on that show, man. So good. Great cast. So good. Yeah. Super Everyone's cast. Everyone's funny on that show. Yes. It's like perfect. Uh, yeah. No, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's just such, a, it's such an insane show. And like the only thing that might take away from it is how, like, how politics has been the last few years where it's kind of like, oh, it's ever like the parody that they do on Veep is kind of like, yeah, I mean, can you do can can you be funnier than normal life? <laughs> like, it's it's tough to like outdo what normal life became, and it was like, oh, well, yeah, okay, I, I guess. Like, yeah, yeah, no, I I freaking love Veep. Veep's Veep's so freaking great. Um, my last pick is tough because like there are so many that I that I really like that I feel very comfortable picking there, but in the back of my mind, I'm just like how many people have actually seen this, you know, or how many people were in as into it as I was. Oh. And then I get stuck and I'm just, and this, this is where you make fun of me for, for picking the, making the good pick as opposed to the, the, uh, the pick that people know. And I'm like, what? okay. What um, Cause I mean, we'll, we'll go over some of these yeah. afterwards, obviously. Um, but I'm going to go, this show always made me laugh like an idiot because it, and it's, it's, it's a concept that like initially I hated because I thought it was just dumb as shit, but then I watched it. I'm like, Oh, it is dumb as shit, but it's really funny. Uh, it's the league. <laughs> oh, my God. oh man. I thought Veep was going to be the one that, that you were going to be nope. pissed by. Oh it was man. It was dude, the lead. Oh my God. So much stuff in that. Like, and my favorite character on the whole damn series is Jason Mantazakis. Holy God almighty. Oh. He, 
he walks into every scene and he steals it because he's an insane person, a completely insane person. And even like Nick Kroll, I don't really like Nick Kroll. Nick Kroll's really good on that show. Uh, I could have, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> I could have taken that in the third round. Yes. I, 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 I yes. literally, I did not think you were going to take that. I literally was hiding it or stashing it for the end. I absolutely would have taken, I knew you weren't going to take Shit's Creek. No, I, I no. was confident. You, I thought I'd be able to stash that and that would be a, like my fifth round fucking steal my gem. I love that show, man. Yeah. Rafi. I love everything about that Rafi, show. Oh, Rafi. Oh God. God damn. What, like that. What, like when that Rafi started showing up in that, I was like, who the hell's this guy? Like this guy's disgusting. And then it's like, no, he's disgusting for a very good reason. Oh, <laughs> man. I'm, I'm, yeah, man. I, I feel bad, but also I don't feel bad. We've done, I am, this is about as shocked as I am with a late round selection anyway, because I, I did not think you were going to take that. I really did it, man. I should have. That's I, just bad strategizing. I think what, I think the part that hurts it is that they stopped making it right. Like they, there hasn't like, they just yeah. stopped doing it. Didn't they? Um, I, I don't know if they abruptly canceled it. I don't know. I don't think they abruptly canceled it. I, I, I can't remember how it ended, to be honest with you. I just, the whole concept, just that whole crew and mm -hmm. terrible they were to each other. It was kind of like Sonny and Philly in a way of just friends who are really terrible to each other and just shit talking. Absolutely. But that's how football, fantasy football leagues are. You you, yeah. you talk shit to each other, you know, mm -hmm. the, you have the champ, the Shiva. Sacco. Oh. The Sacco, God, man, Taco was so fucking funny, Rafi. Oh my God, I am absolutely, honestly, legitimately disgusted right now. All right, I had to make up. sure I was looking at you to to see if that was the pick. I, then I, you immediately ripped your headphones off. I was like, okay, that's when yeah, you go back. When you, if we go, you go back and you watch the video as you're starting to discuss the parameters of what you were picking, the yeah. concept. I kind of sort of felt what was coming and i kind of i think i went like this at some point kind of moving <laughs> no, don't do it. Don't do it. yeah, yeah. Ugh. all right well i gotta make a pick um <laughs> which by the way i don't know maybe it's just me and you absolutely love this show and we're going that's God, very possible going. that but is extremely possible just, like i said I'm, nick nick kroll's kind of unlikable so I'm i can understand just, people just being like i don't like that show because of him i'm mm. that might you know what after this draft this might be the next show i revenge the league i'm talking about i might go yeah. back and and binge that again all right, so I got one more pick, and I got to stay on my board. And I'm, it's it's a funny show. It's actually probably a more um, mainstream, popular show. Um, Scrubs. I, nice. I like Scrub. I like Scrubs. However, it is a comedy, but it was also mm -hmm. kind of annoying. Like Zach, yeah, annoyed. Like mm -hmm. they and the characters annoyed me at times. And what mm -hmm. I really liked the most about Scrubs is. It kind of had a message like behind each episode, you know what I mean? Like a more serious message or classic like, sick old like 80s sitcom type. Yes, thing. yes, exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I just when I when I look at my board and that's that's the best of what I got left. Literally at the end, there's nothing. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten all ten picks between you and I are all this is the first time this has ever happened in all of our drafts. I've always had one or two picks left over mm -hmm. to choose from. Scrubs is the last on my top 10. Wow. It was 10. Well, to make you feel better, the other show I was thinking of was Scrubs. Like yeah. It was it was a toss-up between Scrubs and the league. And I was like, all right. Because like there are some other ones where I was like, ah, oh, this show is really funny too. Like um Party Down. I love Party Down. Yeah. Party Down's friggin' funny as hell. Scrubs is uh 
know. It's funny, but it's not that funny. Now, there are three shows that I have written down as shows that I think are overrated, that are mm-hmm. really, really popular. And you mentioned one of them already, Modern Family. I think Modern Family was all that funny. Um, mm-hmm. The other one, two were How I Met Your Mother, which was yeah. the graphic for the lead into this draft. I liked Barney, but the, I didn't care about Ted. Ted was kind of the ending to that show kills the entire yeah, it's the one, series. It's a, maybe the worst ending that I've ever seen on a TV show that I was ever invested in. So anyway, How I Met Your Mother and Big Bang Theory. That's another one that's very, very, very popular. Mm-hmm. I just never really I never that never got never it. entered my mind once. The other and then the one I had honorable mention was community. I did like community, yeah. so I at least flirted with one. that one. But uh right, some of the animate, I don't know, some of the animated series, which that tends to give us some people give us crap about that. They're like, it's not a really mm-hmm. sitcom. Like, okay, you could tell me Archer is not a great show. Like, come on, man. Like that whole thing's like standard, like sitcom setup, you know, like that that archer's I love Archer, but um, but yeah, it's like there was let, too many, too many easier picks, too many, too many picks, too many other picks that made sense. Let me recap these real quick here. So Joe went first overall. Joe took The Office, Arrested Development, Parks and Rec, Veep, and The League. I took Sunny in Philadelphia, uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Thirty Rock, Shits Creek, and Scrubs. I mean, honestly speaking, I don't hate my roster at no. all. And I will tell you, as the number one Office fan out there. I get a lot of pushback on Twitter. Like, if you said, what's the most overrated show? You're going to see a lot of people say The Office. So don't yeah. be surprised when this poll comes out if a lot of people criticize that pick. And trust me, oh, I get The Office for everything. So I, I hear it a lot. I also wonder if people are going to be like, oh, Pat didn't get The Office. Well, now I can speak how I much like I like The Office. <laughs> nobody, I just do it to bust Pat's ass. Nobody, like I said, is, uh, <laughs> when it comes to The Office, takes more shit. There, there's no in-between with The Office. Fans either love the show mm. or they hate it. You know what no, I'm I made saying? It, I made it very clear. Everything after season five is very spotty for me. So, like the first season, the first five seasons of that are as as good as it gets. Fiftieth poll. It would be nice to even win or lose. Let's just have a a close one. Anyway, follow Joe on Twitter at Joe Urine Maintenance Day Podcast every Monday. Joe's going to be doing some twitching. More yeah. of it soon. So, I mean, like, I said, not just in sure. general. I mean, like right. actual Twitch, the like streaming Twitch element. <laughs> <laughs> so make sure you follow him on Twitter. I'm sure he'll have updates about that. All right, man. Sabres draft at least round one. I should say in the books. It's not like the you know second and third rounders can't go up, come up and be, become great players as well. Right. But uh, anyway, good time, man. Good show. Thanks for doing it so late. We are literally what we're after one o'clock oh, in the morning man. now. So this will oh, be boy. out. This will so. be up in six hours. <laughs> you know what's funny? We were talking. So you did the switch and all this stuff, and your voice was the one shot, but you could hear me. I'm coughing. My voice is hoarse yeah. as hell, man. I'm the one who lost my voice. Anybody, Thanks, any, anybody who watched this video saw me slamming water every time I wasn't talking. So we'll, we'll see how my voice sounds tomorrow. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. 
Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.